were the chosen one. It was said that you would destroy this and not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Never Seen Star Wars. As always, I'm your host, Trevor Chong, and we are doing our initial reactions to Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3. Kristen, hello there. Hi, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. Yes, you're excited. What are you excited about? I'm excited to talk about this movie. I it's a it's a big one. It is a big one. It is a big one. It, it wraps up the prequel trilogy. So let me just tell you, if you're a first time listener here, what's going on in this never seen Star Wars podcast? I, of course, have seen every Star Wars many, many times. But Kristen is going through the Star Wars saga for the very first time here in 2020. We've gone through all of the original trilogy, and now we've gone through all of the prequels. We've just finished watching Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. Kristen, your initial reactions to this movie. It felt shorter than all the rest. Maybe that's because I enjoyed it. it it's special effects, even better than the last, so I can't complain. Okay. And it's just a lot of drama. A lot of drama. drama. <laughs> You're here for the drama, all I based am. really around Anakin Skywalker. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, correct. And so this movie is the is the movie it's famous for basically Anakin's seeing Anakin's turn to the dark side and turn to Darth Vader and we'll talk a lot about that but I guess I guess that's the big story let's not bury the lead your thoughts on this how they this whole prequel story was to learn about Anakin turning from a cute little boy who lived on Tatooine to then becoming the evil Darth Vader are you satisfied with this story that was told? That's a great question. I am and I'm not. I think there's been this common theme as I watch these movies that I keep expecting more and bigger because Star Wars is so built up. So my going in, I'm expecting bigger reveals and um, more intense storylines. And so when I actually watch this backstory, I kept waiting for something more intense to happen or, or whatever. And so that part of me is not satisfied, but in watching these last three movies, it makes sense. Like how they tell the story of him, him becoming Darth Vader. Um, I actually appreciate it that it's kind of under the radar throughout the three movies. Like it's a very slow process because I think it echoes in him this like, continuous fight between the good and, and the evil and so it makes sense i like it although for someone coming and expecting something bigger or better i think they'll be disappointed right right and we can we're going to dig into just little, basically every moment of anakin through this movie because i think he's the main talking point 
mm-hmm. this movie. So we'll have plenty to talk about, but let's let's go right to the beginning of the movie. And it starts with this this opening space battle. Anakin and Obi-Wan are flying on these ships. They get onto the big ship, the Star Destroyer-like machine, and they get into another duel with Count Dooku. Anakin ends up killing Count Dooku. Your initial thoughts on how this movie opened up? Well, surprise, surprise, everyone. We're in another battle. <laughs> but it was good. I I don't love, like I said, I still don't love the whole battle scenes. And so right away, I was like, oh, no. Like, it's going to be... It's going to be a movie where it's only battling because it opened up that way. But I think it was also like a a great way to open up. It got right into the storyline. And then here we are and Anakin is told to kill um, Count Dooku. And already I have to say I was a little sus of the Senate Senate guy. Mm -hmm. Senator Palpatine. Palpatine, yeah, because right away you see this narrative in Anakin, and he's like, "That's not what a good Jedi does," and so you can you already start to see that there's this tension or something off about that guy. Right, but Palpatine wasn't going to let it ha- let it happen. He was saying, "Do it, kill him." Yeah, intense. And, and Anakin uh, beheaded Count Dooku. Yeah, yeah. So right away we get, you know, clearly Anakin isn't following all the jedi rules right no he's a little rule breaker we have a little annie a little rule breaker and so that kind of sets the tone for us i think it's a it's you know it's it's an interesting battle it's a fun battle we meet a few different characters we don't get too into it but it's a nice tease immediately count dooku you know r.i.p he didn't he didn't really last long in this movie (laughs) any thoughts on count dooku in this movie no (laughs) any thoughts on his impact as a whole in this in this saga not really. He doesn't play a huge role. He plays an important role for getting the story going, but other than that... Yeah. yeah. His, his biggest role is this, his head rolling on the floor. Um, <laughs> so this kind of movie, I think we'll just... Anything else in that opening battle? I think that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. It's an opening battle. I, I think it was at the also the battle where R2-D2 fights all those droids. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. I love him. Her, R2-D2, I don't know, girl, guy, yeah. whatever robot non-binary so, non-binary so cute he's just so unassuming and then there's that scene where he's just piled under all of the dead droids or whatever <laughs> i love that yeah and we get to see again his use of his jetpack or rockets that he has and all his new uh, tech yeah his new tech that you know disappears after this movie um, yeah. <laughs> so who knows what it, it must have been damaged on that in that battle or whatnot so there that's r2d2 he has a kind of a fun fun role not a huge role neither of the droids really have a huge role in this movie they're there yep they don't do too they're much an, they're a nice accessory you know so anakin really has sort of three relationships that we can focus on this movie and that's his one is his relationship with Palpatine. Another mm-hmm. is his relationship with Padme. And the third is his relationship with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is there anywhere you'd want to start and talk about uh, between those three here? Let's start with Padme. Okay. Okay. So Padme, and I, you talked about it last podcast, how Padme, you, you thought that the loss of Padme would be a big moment for Anakin. And that seems to be pretty accurate. Yeah. And it starts really from right away where Anakin is having dreams about Padme, that he's going to lose Padme and Padme is going to die or be in pain in some way. What did you think of those dreams and that foreshadowing? 
Well, first, I'm not going to say that I'm impressed with myself that I said that this is the way it was going to go, but I'm kind of impressed with myself because all of my other guesses through these series have been really wrong. So I was excited to see that I was finally right about something, but it makes a lot of sense. Like just going off of the story with his mom that Padme, what would drive him to want to seek more power um, would be Padme. I like the twist that it, that it was about um, if he could seek the dark and he could um, save someone, like the myth that you could beat death. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's really, it's there's a lot of tension because he's really doing this out of a good heart, out of wanting to save Padme. And then he gets really mixed up in all these lies and all these things. Um, so he goes down this this path. So it's that in itself is like kind of complicated. But I thought it was a nice sentiment. Like, here's his wife, and he's scared he's going to die, and he loves her so much, and so he wants to save her. Yeah, he'd do anything to protect her. Now, I guess we can... Let's just jump over to Palpatine first before we get into uh, Padme's ultimate fate. (laughs) So the way that he he sent to spy on, on Palpatine, and that's what happened, and Palpatine is sort of doing his work to make him his new apprentice. And then we get this big conversation where they're watching this uh, bubble show. Did you recognize the bubble show? Did you? Yeah. Kind of confused. No. What was it? Was it like a Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, I guess so. It's some sort of galactic uh, Cirque du Soleil where there's giant bubbles and people clap every minute or so. It looked very boring. Yeah. Would you, so you wouldn't go to that show? No. It's too highbrow for you. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm not highbrow. <laughs> <laughs> so we get this idea and then we learn from Palpatine quickly that there's a way that he learned that somebody could actually defeat death. And Anakin asks, is there a way to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. <laughs> so what did you think of this whole conversation that we had here? Mm-hmm. Um, my first thought was, okay, who's this person going to be? So throughout the movie, I've already said that I was trying to like look for hints or clues. And then we get to the end and we learned about um, uh, what's his face is still alive. The the Jedi that trained um, Obi-Wan. Qui-Gon? Qui-Gon is al- alive because he was absorbed by the Force. Okay, yeah. So I still don't really feel like I have answers. Maybe I missed it, like who the person was that like beat death. But I kind of have this feeling it's not really beating death. It's like being absorbed into the Force. But so I don't actually have any like answers because I feel like I didn't address it. Am I wrong? It's. I mean, it's a little confusing. He talks about uh, Darth Plagueis and and uh, that he was able to defeat death and that Darth Plagueis' oh. apprentice ended up killing him right and the assumption that you could make is that darth Plagueis's apprentice who killed him was likely to be palpatine himself i i think that's a fair assumption i don't think that's necessarily confirmed but i think that's a fair assumption that i would do you are you aware who palpatine is who he ends up becoming or he is? The, the, the emperor. Okay, just making sure. Yeah, just okay. want to make sure. Okay, yeah. And that was like a, a big thing for me too because I remember in the first three, I was like, I want to know more about where this person came from. And that was pretty important to me to get that backstory. And so I'm, I'm glad we have that backstory. But um, I mean, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't really surprised that the Sith turned out to be Palpatine. Like right mm-hmm. from the beginning, they painted him as a shady character and um but you it's really interesting because this is the first time i actually felt like the politics of what was happening in the galaxy 
um, actually made a big difference because there's this huge divide that Palpatine's trying to, he's being sneaky about it, but even Padme gives into it for a second where it's like, are the Jedi's actually good or are they being selfish? Are they working for themselves? And so Palpatine is like so um, persuasive even to the audience and making the audience think, oh, maybe maybe they're right and they're wrong and the Jedi's are wrong. Right. Like Who do you, you think is right and wrong? Well, I think I well, I think I'll get hunt down if I ever said the Jedi's were wrong. So not necessarily. <laughs> no, I, I I definitely think the Jedi's um, are. I don't think there's a right and a wrong. I think the Jedi's are good. Are what they're mm. are what they doing the right thing or the wrong thing? I don't know. Like whatever. But and I think Palpatine's like desire is more like power and like control and all these different things. But he just makes a really compelling point that he went, there's that scene where he's saying, well, are the Jedi selfless? Like, aren't they also trying to seek power and control? And I was like, go off. Like you're, (laughs) (laughs) you're making some great points. Right. And those are the seeds that he plants within Anakin where he's putting a lot of mistrust with Anakin and his uh, faith in the Jedi council. Anakin himself is frustrated because he thinks he should be given the status of master. And he's told that he's supposed to spy on Palpatine. And so he sees a lot of flaws within the Jedi council. And that I think builds a lot of uh, disturbance within Anakin and mistrust with the Jedi council. And, depends how much credit you want to give to that to his eventual turn to the dark side yeah it's true i it's just so interesting that even like it's not so much just about like convincing anakin that the the, the jedi might be wrong but it does such a good job in this movie of like almost persuading the audience like this is the first movie where like i feel like the audience's allegiance could change as well Hmm. I just thought that was interesting because I found myself being like, I don't, I don't know who to trust anymore. <laughs> right, right. And we don't know, and I don't think we've truly answered that. We don't know exactly what the, all the Jedi's motives were. I think we can trust Yoda because he seems pretty trustworthy. But <laughs> you don't really know as far as, we can get into this now, in the duel between Mace Windu and Palpatine, what yeah. is Mace Windu's sort of objective? Does he actually have a little bit of self-interest in a lot of the decisions that he makes? yeah. Who knows? I, like, it's convincing that they that he would. Now, we get to this point where Anakin then realizes that Palpatine is, in fact, the Sith Lord that they were looking for. And so he goes and reports it to Mace Windu. He wants to go along with Mace Windu. Mace Windu says, nope, you're not coming with me. I'm going to take these three other Jedi with me who are the absolute worst Jedi of all time, who are going <laughs> to die within 10 seconds in a four-on-one fight. Three of them are going to die immediately. So. Yeah. I don't know how they passed the Jedi training. Do you? No. <laughs> but eventually they fight. And actually Mace Windu, he wins the duel in some aspect, right? And it comes to the decision, do we try and arrest Palpatine or do we just kill him there? And that's obviously a, you know, a tough moral debate. But what did you think in this moment? Well, we'll, we'll leave it out. It's a different, different galaxy, different dimension. Yeah. Uh, what... Do you think about that sort of decision that Mace Windu had, that Anakin had there, uh, mm-hmm. whether or not they should kill Palpatine or not? Yeah, that whole little scene is quite complicated. And you kind of, through that whole scene, wish that Anakin had been there the whole time. 
because I think if he had been there the whole time and have heard the dialogue from the beginning between Palpatine and Mace Windu, he would know that the right choice would be to kill Palpatine. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. It's just so interesting to watch that debate in, in Skywalker and himself um, about who to trust. And so he obviously like tries to defend Palpatine and then Palpatine the whole time was just like playing an act um, to try and like get the, the high, the high ground on, on him on Mace Windu. So it's, it's kind of just like, I don't know. It's the high ground. He was at the low ground there, but right. But he got the advantage eventually and killed him. And so I personally was like, we like the audience knows enough to know, okay, this guy is evil. Like he's going to, be a pain in the butt if he's left alive so you kind of gotta like you can't just arrest him like what are you gonna do afterwards like you know he's like evil or whatever so kill him mm-hmm. um but in that scene it was like i was like come on anakin no no like think about it like don't don't do this so it was like one of those scenes where i found myself like very invested in whatever anakin was gonna do right but his whole thing is that he thinks that palpatine's the only way to save yeah. padme and so for him, he makes a choice, he cuts off Mace Windu's hand, and then uh, Palpatine finishes the job and electrocutes him out the window. But doesn't that, didn't that seem kind of like an accident? Like, Anakin doesn't want to kill Mace Windu, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want to kill, uh, what's his face? Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> right. And so he tries to just, like, back Mace Windu up, mm-hmm. and instead, like kills him and i don't right. think that he meant to kill him yeah he didn't i mean he cut his arm off that was yeah yeah you know, yeah probably i mean he could have you could he said he could have said he was aiming for the lightsaber and missed right but he certainly just cut his arm off and then palpatine finished the job you're right did he want to kill mace windu i don't know yeah because i think he's still like up until that point when he like uh gives his allegiance to palpatine mm-hmm. i he's still very undecided. Like Mace Windu falls and it's bye bye Mace Windu. And then he sits down and he's like, what did I just do? Right. And so at that point it's like, well, you kind of screwed up that much this far. You may as well give in to Palpatine and save your wife. Yeah. But that was a pretty quick turn. He's sort of, what did I do? And then Palpatine's like, okay, kneel before me and you're Darth Vader now. And Anakin's like, okay. So do you think that was, that was a quick, too quick of a turn? Or do you think he, my, uh, you know, I think psych- like psychologically, it was a way for him um, to think it's okay to uh, give allegiance to Palpatine. He's like, I already messed up. Like, I've already like killed this guy. I'm not going to be able to go back to the Jedi's anyway. So this is my only my only um, choice. Plus, if I do this, I might be able to save my wife. Mm-hmm. So it felt like the motivation was this, I screwed up, plus I get to save my wife, so why not? Right. And we've seen the desire from Anakin to gain more power, to gain more authority, to be respected. And Palpatine is giving him everything that he wants. He, he's giving mm-hmm. him that respect and that he's building him up. He's pumping his tires, sort of say. Yep. So we eventually, he becomes Darth Vader, and then we get this big sort of a twist. I mean, you knew something was going to happen. We get this twist where Palpatine uh, messages all the clone troopers and says, execute Order 66. <laughs> and Order 66 happens, and all the Jedi are turned against by the clones. What was your yeah. reaction to the, basically the massacre of the Jedi? Yeah, I was surprised how easy it was to kill them. 
<laughs> like I thought they were supposed to be good at what they do, but it was like one scene I think was just like a Jedi walking and one drone or whatever, just like, and they nice. were done for. Didn't mm-hmm. that part didn't really click, but also how are they going to do like these epic battles for all of the Jedis right. in the movie? It doesn't, that doesn't make sense either. So I don't know. I you asked me a question a long time ago. You asked, "What do I think is going to happen to the Jedi Order?" Mm-hmm. And I think I kind of like thought it would go in this direction, but I actually didn't think that they would just be slaughtered. Right. I thought maybe like something big would happen and they'd be dispersed and go into hiding. But so a little, I mean, a little gory, but whatever. It is. You know? It is quite something how we've seen Jedi fight. You know. Tons of battle droids, tons of stormtroopers, tons of people at once and come out of incredible odds. And then a few stormtroopers turn on them, shoot them, and they're dead. Yes. I think what we've, what we've learned, especially with these Jedi, the Jedi that were hanging out with Mace Windu, is there's different levels of Jedi. Right. Fair enough. But um, I think, okay, we're going to take a somber, a somber moment here. Okay. All the all the poor little younglings. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. what? I literally my jaw was on the floor. Like I was like, this is. I don't care about anything else. This is the saddest moment in Star Wars <laughs> when Anakin just heartlessly kills all those kids. Yes. What did they ever do to him? Big jerk. I don't know. Right. And that's a big moment. That's a big moment. Now, do you think that this sort of jump? So we talked about how he, okay, wasn't maybe trying to kill Mace Windu. He was maybe just trying to stop him. Palpatine killed him. But it seemed like moments later, he didn't really hold back when having a chance to kill a ton of younglings. Do you think that was, that was a reasonable jump? Like, do you think that's believable in that sort of way? Mm. No. I, it's just, it is really interesting. You make a good point. Like that's a, that's a huge jump. Like he goes, I was thinking about this too. It's like not even a day and he slaughters like from that point on, he goes and slaughters all of the separatists and then all these kids and then Mm -hmm. all these different people. But I mean, we've seen him do that before, right? right? Like when, when his mom dies, like that anger or that hurt in him comes out and it's just like very doable. So is it realistic? Like we've seen it before, so maybe. Mm-hmm. But just that, like, complete abandonment of like moral, that right. moral compass seems less likely. Right. right. Yeah, you're right. He did kill a ton of sand people, and he said as well, not just the men, but the women and the children as well. Yeah. So he, it, it wouldn't be the first time he slaughtered a bunch of children. Oh. So, and and we shouldn't write write off sand people as as being any worse than than the regular Jedi. I mean, sand people mm-hmm. are people too, Kristen. Yes, you're right, Trevor. <laughs> yes. And so the Jedi, <laughs> they get destroyed other than uh, Obi-Wan and Yoda, and we'll talk about them momentarily. Um, but we get into this idea, you know, Anakin's fully flipped. The Empire has, the Emperor has created this new galactic empire. And so mm-hmm. we have the creation of the Empire, which is one thing that you were you were questioning yeah. of how did this empire happen? Are you satisfied with that, with that creation? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. And we get, get to this point where Anakin runs off to Mustafar, the planet full of lava. Would you ever live on that planet? Oh, no way. No. Yeah. Too hot. <laughs> yeah. A more cold <laughs> more weather like person. 
Yeah, I'm like, send me to Antarctica. I'll do better there. Okay. You'd rather go to the planet Hoth than Mustafa? Yes. Okay, great. Do you remember what Hoth is? Yes, I do, actually. Oh, good job. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. And so the whole, this whole thing is about how Anakin wants to protect uh, Padme. Padme hears the news from Obi-Wan that, Obi-Wan, uh, that Anakin has turned to the dark side, that he's killed younglings. Padme has a hard time believing it. I mean, it's a hard thing to hear, right? Yeah, would, totally. Is that something you would believe if your, uh, your husband had turned to the dark side? No, not at all. It, well, again, it's such a big jump. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? What yeah. if I told you I, I, I'm trustworthy? You would probably believe me, right? No, but you're also a jokester. Like you would, <laughs> like you would tell me something like that. So do you think you think you think Padme thought Obi Wan was playing a prank on on her? No, it probably just was like super confusing. She's like, right. no way. But then here's this really outstanding person who she trusts telling her right. this, and also for Padme, like she, okay, wow, this is. I'm not saying I should be a movie critic or reviewer, but look at me go here. Padme is kind of like the audience in this movie. Like Padme is the one that's stuck in between all of these lies. And she, mm-hmm. she's trying to figure out too, who actually throughout this whole movie is good and bad because for the whole time, like through all these other movies, our allegiance has been with Anakin and all the Jedis. And she is just like the audience being persuaded by both sides throughout the whole movie who is in the right and who's in the wrong. Right. Exactly. That's a great read. Thank you. (laughs) And so eventually though, Padme goes to visit Anakin on on Mustafar. Uh, She asks him what's going on. She says, Annie, you're breaking my heart. And uh, Anakin talks about how this can be our new galaxy that we can rule together. And he sees Obi-Wan has snuck aboard the ship and Anakin ends up giving the old force choke to Padme. Unexpected. Mm-hmm. And now Anakin's whole journey has been to try and save Padme. Yep. Is there a chance that Anakin actually caused the death of Padme? Yeah. Okay. Two thoughts. One, it's crazy how fast his narrative not only went from like abandoning the good to being completely evil, but also abandoning the whole rescue Padme mission to just like wanting to be the emperor of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. There's like some quick, some quick things being pulled through this movie, right. but with the whole choking of Padme, I think it like was a very necessary move in the movie to show that how lost Anakin had become. Right. That like his original quest to save Padme was just out the window. Do I think that it killed her? I don't actually think so. When she is giving birth, right before she gives birth, um, the robot comes out and says, physically, she's completely fine, but she's lost the will to live. And I think it's because of what happened to Anakin. Right. She's like, my, like, my love of my life is like turned dark, like, I'm giving up hope. And so I don't think that he actually killed her, but throughout the whole movie, we see um, this, uh, what's his face, Sith Lord, constantly trying to convince Anakin to join the dark side. And I think anything that continues to make him angrier and his emotions bigger, he uses against Anakin mm-hmm. to push him further and further that way. So I think he just told Anakin, you killed her. 
so that right. he would continue to grow in this power. And then you see that happen. He like exploits the robots, explodes the robots yeah. and all the, their juices come out. <laughs> and then you look at the, the, the Sith Lord and he's like, or the emperor and he's like kind of smiling and chuckling. He, he goes, where is Padme? And, I, and Palpatine goes, it seems that you've killed her. And he goes, no. no couldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Side note here. Yes. Okay. Loved seeing how Darth Vader got his outfit. Okay. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into that. Instead. Okay. I, I do want to talk about that whole duel and all that. Uh, but if, so I think what you're saying though, is that if Anakin didn't maybe physically kill Padme, he, but his actions did lead to her right. death, right? Sure. Okay. Yes. And so going through that way, basically he was trying to save her and his attempts to save her ended up her dying. So yes. who knows about these dreams? Maybe these dreams, and I'm just now speculating, who, maybe Palpatine was giving him these dreams. I don't know. I don't know if that's a force power oh, or not, but I'm just whoa. making, I just made that up on the spot here. I don't know. I'm sure there's Reddit articles whoa. all about this. Well, all of our listeners, let us know. Is Trevor correct? What do you think? Yeah, probably not. And <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get on Anakin and, and Obi Wan. The the great relationship we have is they're like brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Like brothers. Well, and uh, okay, go on. Well, I in this movie they call each other brothers, but he's been like a dad figure to him for okay. so long now. So whatever. But... Maybe like a father figure. Okay. Yeah. Could have been older brother. And so they do have lots of banter in this movie, especially when they're flying around the spaceship that you can see sort of they're working together. Uh, even, even at the beginning, Palpatine says, uh, let's leave, let's leave Obi-Wan behind. We don't have time. And Anakin's yeah. like, no, no, we can't leave without him. We're not, you know, his fate will be the same as ours. So we see there is a good amount of commitment from Anakin towards Obi-Wan. He yep. does seem to really respect him and, he gets frustrated, but he seems to, you know, still listen to Obi-Wan. They have a pretty good relationship, I think. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen in the other movies this, like, underlying bubbling up of Anakin being frustrated with Obi-Wan. But then overall, it seems very, their relationship stitched together through um, just, like, their long journey together in their relationship. Right. And again, Anakin wants more in this movie. He desires to be a master, to get more responsibility, to be sent on missions himself, those sort of things. And Obi-Wan, I recognize that, but he does calm him down. It seems like the last time they meet before they fight, that they end off on, on pretty good terms, I thought. Yeah. That's when uh, he apologizes, right? Yeah. He says, Master, I've been arrogant. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> But that's really the last time they have a, a real talk before they, they fight. And it seems like, you know, Anakin apologized. Obi-Wan said, it's all good. You're going to be a master soon. Don't worry. And yep. then everything was going to turn out all right. Plot twist. It doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we knew it wasn't going to. And so yeah. we do get to this final duel here where they battle on Mustafar. And they're fighting all over the lava and these different things. They're going at it. What did you think of this, of this fight here? It was a pretty epic fight. I have to say it was uh, because there's so much fighting through these movies. I really enjoy when it's not the same. Like it's just like a different setup, a different scene, like something new. And this was very new. So I liked it. There's this. Okay. Have you seen Annie? Like the old school Annie okay. the musical? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 
Okay, so favorite the little orphan my, Annie, not yes. Anakin, not Annie Kin Skywalker. No, whoa. I mean, he is. Does he an orphan? I mean, no, I guess not. But his mom yeah. does die. Kind of technically. Little orphan Anakin. Little orphan Anakin. Oh, okay. That's a great. We should meld them. But anyway, I used to watch this movie all the time, and there's a scene where the bad guy in Annie. So there's the the orphan caretaker woman and her like brother or lover i don't know who he is chases annie up this like ladder in the middle of the night and there's this scene in this battle where um obi-wan and anakin are like fighting each other and chasing each other up that like big thing that had fallen and started melting into the lava and all i could picture was them bursting out into like song (laughs) and I'm literally sitting watching this movie, like, cry laughing at this picture of, like, Annie the Musical and Star Wars coming together. So there's a little inside scoop into how my mind works, but thought I would share that. Yeah, I believe on Tatooine, the children sing, uh, the suns will come out tomorrow. The suns? (laughs) Yeah. See? It's perfect. So they're fighting. They're having a duel. Would you say that this is... Where would you rank this? Do we say this is the best lightsaber duel that we've seen thus far, or is there one that you think has been better? No, I'd say it's the best. Okay, so it's the best. Yes. And then Obi-Wan jumps off the thing, and Obi-Wan gets the high ground. Yes, literally. The literal high ground, and Anakin's like, don't underestimate my powers. He goes for it, and what happens to him? Everything just gets chopped off. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether, like, people who, oh, oh I'm going to get in trouble. People who write Star Wars movies, um, like, run out of inspiration. But what's with everyone just getting their hands and feet chopped off? <laughs> I don't like, know. I, I was kind of disappointed in that. Like, I was like. Count Duke got his head chopped off. Everything just gets, like, is that, I don't know. Whatever. I guess it's a lightsaber. What else are you going to do? Yeah. But I did not expect the double leg chop. Right. And the arm, right? Yeah. One arm and two legs. That's right. I was kind of like, oh, I th- okay. <laughs> I was a little shocked. Right. And then he catches a, a he's like just burning. Yep. And he still survives. Yes. <laughs> what? It was very, anyway, did not expect that. I think he barely survives. And then that's where you see the Vader suit and maybe the reason for the Vader suit. Yes. And is that something that you were wondering why Darth Vader has this suit? Is that something that you feel satisfied with? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess so. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think his suit is super iconic. Right. So to not explain in some degree how he got it would be like a letdown. So I'm glad that they, they did that and it makes sense and whatever, but I'm kind of like a detail person. So when it comes to that suit, like I want to know why he can't breathe. Like I want to know the medical history. (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) probably being burned alive will, will mess up your breathing in some way. I guess so. Um, One thing I did think about though is, do you know how in the third movie in the, in the the original three, um, like he's revealed his mask comes off and Mm -hmm. whatever. There was like no indication that I remember that he was like, basically bionic man right well i mean they just removed his mask they you could tell that he was bald and he sort of had scars on his face um when vader asked if 
because I think Vader asked Luke, oh, can you take my mask off? I want to look at you with my own eyes. And Luke was well away. He said, no, but you'll die if I take this mask off. So, I mean, he was probably going to die anyways. And I believe they they make references at other points where they say he's more machine than man now. I think think Obi-Wan maybe said that. Okay. Um, Then... Then I think that's genius how they like tied that ending together and like in this movie and gave him his suit. I, those are things I never picked up on in the first three. Yeah. Were you surprised cool. that Obi Wan defeated Anakin in the duel? I don't think so. I. You didn't think Obi Wan was going to get killed there? <laughs> no. Well, we know <laughs> that's the thing. Watching in the order of watching these movies, yes. it's like I'm glad we watched them in this order. Yeah. Um, but then there's there's obviously like you know some characters are going to survive. So mm-hmm. the two battles like Yoda and Palpatine, and then um, Anakin and Skywalker, like you know, you you know what's going to happen. The end yes. result. Um, but wait, what was the question? Were you surprised Obi Wan defeated Anakin? Oh no, I always go back to this understanding that control is really necessary when using the force and i ultimately think that his greatest letdown um skywalker's greatest letdown is the fact that he has not a lot of control right and that he he's a little arrogant mm-hmm. and so. they show that we see that at the end there when yes what we want has the high ground we never learned that high ground was so important but he had the high ground and Anakin said, don't underestimate powers and boom. Yeah, go. done. It is, now, it, oh, go on. I was going to say it, another, another interesting part of, there's so many little interesting things about these relationships through the movie, but one of them would be that um, Obi-Wan very clearly says that he could not kill him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see happen. Like he does not deliver. I think he could have delivered like a killing Yes. Low to him, but chooses not to. I just thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like a, he was like a brother to him, and he uh, was supposed to save the destroy the Sith, not join it. Yep. Now we talked about Anakin's turn, and I think you know we talked. I think we believe that it is mostly believable. Some things were done a little fast. Do you think? Now let's just look at it from a story point perspective. Do you think that Anakin's turn was preventable? Yes. And where where do you think that what what were the missteps by maybe Obi Wan, maybe by Yoda, maybe by Anakin himself? What were the missteps that you think happened? Okay, I'd say two things. One thing that came to mind was I was like, this isn't great leadership by the um, Jedi Council, mm-hmm. and I don't think there was great leadership from the beginning when it came to um, dealing with Anakin. Like there was obviously a need in Anakin's life that needed to be addressed and no one ever addressed it. They just like let him go on his way and they just let Obi-Wan like train him. Like no one sat him down and was like, they just mentioned like, oh, I sense this in you. But it's not like, hey, let's work through this with him. Like knowing that he could be a great threat and they just continually like cast him off and don't include him and don't acknowledge um, that they don't do anything about, they acknowledge it, but they don't do anything about this like tension and confusion in him. Mm-hmm. So I think if there was like some more effort put into 
helping him understand that, that confusion and tension, I think it would have gone a long way. I don't think he ultimately would have been so confused by Palpatine and the things that he was, um, these lies that he was telling them. And I think at that point, um, Anakin would have also had a way better relationship with the Jedi Council. So I think that was a huge thing that could have helped. Also, Padme, like in the first three quarters of the movie, does not have a significant role, like in this movie. Like she's just kind of there to show that their relationship is like a key thing for Anakin. Right. But I think that Padme would have had way more of an effect or sway with um, with with Anakin mm-hmm. because like his whole quest started because of Padme. So I, I just thought there was more that could have happened there in this movie with Padme and, and Anakin. And I think she would have played a way larger role in like him deciding to become a Sith Lord or not. Right. So you think because, if, yeah. oh, go on. I was just going to say, like, I know that Padme was, like, an influence in him becoming a Sith Lord because he wanted to save her, but I think it's more realistic that Padme would be a bigger influence on him staying in the light because otherwise he's going to lose Padme anyway. Right. So you think if they had, if Anakin was had maybe a couple counseling sessions a week (laughs) and made sure that he had a weekly date night with Padme, that that (laughs) may have solved it? Well, when you put it like that, simply no. <laughs> but yes, call me a 21st century lady over here, but that sounds pretty good. Some therapy and some date nights. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't see that hurting. No, yeah. I just think he's like, his emotions are quite neglected mm-hmm. by the Jedi Council. Right. And I think a lot of the times, you know, I see maybe when Obi-Wan goes on this mission, uh, by himself, why can't why couldn't Anakin go with him? And if Anakin yeah. goes with him, then the whole thing changes. Totally. Now, who knows? Is that just delaying the inevitable? Maybe, maybe it maybe. is. And so, but, do you actually say that he is the chosen one? Yes. And they said that he was going to bring balance to the Force. Mm-hmm. Does he do that in the original movies by in that last battle scene? So this is the trajectory he was always supposed to be on. Hmm. That's interesting. So that when he eventually kills the emperor, that's him bringing yeah. balance to the force. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think that's, that's what it is? I think maybe like he could have done that through staying in the light. Mm-hmm. Like he Probably. also could have done that by staying in the dark. So I feel like either way it was his, destiny to bring balance right right now do you think that he there's this prophecy of a chosen one do you think that he was the chosen one yeah i remember we talked about this being like well maybe it was luke like maybe mm-hmm. the um qui-gon's like sense of who it actually was was off mm-hmm. but it sounds like qui-gon was also like very powerful yeah, so knows? Okay. He, so, he also died pretty quickly to Darth Maul, so I don't know. I guess so, but also he found eternity with right, the right. with the Force. So <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of up in the air, I guess. I don't know because I I just don't know enough to be like I think it's one or the other. Right, and I don't think there is an, a clear answer when it yeah. comes to this. I think yeah. you could argue that Anakin or Luke are the chosen one. Right. Could you make an argument that neither of them are? Maybe. Maybe. Ooh. I don't know. 
you know, because because it's a prophecy with no, it's it's not it's not for sure, right? There's no there's no one to confirm yeah. that yes, this is in fact the prophecy that is the truth. So, right, I'm open for any sort of thoughts on that. Let's move okay. into talk about a little bit about Yoda. And yep. Yoda has this big duel with the emperor. They fight in the sort of courtroom, whatever you call it. What did you yep. think of seeing Yoda versus the emperor? I just love when Yoda moves. Like okay. put on some samba music, maybe like some DTR. And like, he's got all the moves. Yeah, he's very quick for a small old guy. Yes, it's amazing. I like watching him fight the most because it's just like so acrobatic. <laughs> but I... I love how Yoda kind of like eggs him on. He, there's that part where he's like, well, if you're so sure of like your dark forces, then why don't you stay and fight? Right. Um, and so, cause Yoda's a pretty like calm and like not very confrontational character through most of the movies. So when you do see him fight someone, like, you know, he means business. Right. Right. So, I thought, it, I thought it was good. Um, you start to see how strong Yoda actually is. Like even when um, Palpatine kind of like takes one of those big circular things that people sit in and like chucks it down at Yoda and Yoda was yeah. able to like chuck it back and Palpatine mm-hmm. was quite surprised by that. So it's a good scene in being able to kind of see just how powerful Yoda is because he's so unassuming through the whole movie. Right, right. Something I, I've been thinking about and I've thought about for a while is they have this moment where Yoda and Obi-Wan realize that they need to go stop the Emperor and Anakin. And Obi-Wan's like, well, send me to the Emperor because I can't fight Anakin. And, and Yoda says, no, no, he's too powerful for you. You have to go see Anakin. Mm. But what if Yoda was like, what do you think would have happened if Yoda was like, okay, sure, Yoda, Obi-Wan, you go take the Emperor out. I'll go take Anakin. What do you think, what do you think would have happened? Interesting. Well, okay, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be a lot of different movie. It'd be a way different movie. Do you think so? I think I think uh, Emperor probably would have probably defeat Obi Wan then, and okay. then Yoda would probably kill Anakin. And then, okay, okay. And then we go into a New Hope with uh, with Obi Wan and Anakin both dead. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, if if you could change the the original three, then sure. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. So that's that fight. That was Yoda. Uh, also, we got to see Yoda on uh, Kashyyyk, the planet of the Wookiees. Yeah. We got to see the planet of the Wookiees. It was so cute. There's this one part where Yoda scrambles up, um, I think it's Chewie's like, mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I don't know. He's like, Yoda's just like this cute little guy. So anything that Yoda does, I'm a fan of. And you, were you was, hap- happy to see cool. Chewbacca? Yes. Yes, it was cool. I really do love seeing the different like planets and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, parts of the galaxy. So anytime a new part is kind of introduced or seen, I really enjoy it. Right, right. I mean, Chewbacca doesn't do too much, but it's kind of a, no. it's more like a cameo than it is an actual appearance. Yes. Uh, let's dig into some of the other characters. General Grievous. What did you think of General Grievous? Do you know who General Grievous is? He's that droid. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, I don't, like, where does he really come from? I don't know. Okay. I, I, every time I watch a new movie in this, in these series, I'm like, there's these characters that seem to like have these roles, but really come from nowhere. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I, I'm always like, did I miss something? Yeah. <laughs> but he was, I mean, 
I was surprised that a droid, you don't really see a droid having this like big of a leadership role, role, I think, in any of the movies so far. So that was a little surprising. I did notice that he had a real heart. Yeah. And a coffee. So, yeah. Which I, I was like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And that's like a kind of character where I'd be interested on where he came from, like his history. Right. Um, with having a real heart, like whose heart is that? Mm-hmm. Be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, and he got, he he uses four lightsabers at one point. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I I was very impressed that Obi Wan got himself out of that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he 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 handled himself pretty well. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else there is. Uh, I guess that's mainly it for the characters. We talked about R two D two and C three PO. There wasn't too much else. So actually, let me t- ask you quickly, sort of sidebar. Uh, Jar Jar Binks. Was Jar Jar Binks even in this movie? I don't. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was there quickly. At the end. At the very end, for Padme's funeral. Yes, that's right. He was there at the funeral, and he was sad. Now, what do you think? <laughs> now we don't see Jar Jar Binks ever again. We don't ever see him. Okay. So, what do you think happened to Jar Jar Binks? Well, sort of a, a doofus, easily manipulated, clumsy, but yeah. you know, good-hearted person. Well, he seemed to be kind of part of Padme's entourage, right? And mm-hmm. between the first time he appears to the second time, he gets an upgrade and suddenly is kind of a fancy, a fancier version of Jar Jar. And then um, he also had that little like stint as a politician. Yep. And so I would just assume he kind of stays in that crowd and just is the, just like kind of finds the next person to kind of become an entourage for. Like he just seems like a follower. Mm-hmm. You know, like even when he was a politician, he was like, everyone was telling him what to do. He was kind of a puppet. So right. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I don't think the outlook is, is good for Jar Jar, especially really? with, the, with the Empire taking over. I mean. What did Jar Jar ever do? Well, I mean, you're right. He might be easily manipulated. Wait, it's, but you said, okay, wait. I don't know. There's no, there's no answer. Okay. No correct answer to this. <laughs> you're saying. Like I'm legitimately asking. I don't know. We don't know what happens okay. to Jar Jar. There, there's, one, there's one sort of appearance he has in a book that, you know, you could argue whether or not that is part of the actual canon, but we don't see from Jar Jar again. Hmm. And so maybe we will one day. I think it's possible one he makes, a, makes an appearance, but. Good old Jar Jar. He, he doesn't have a lot of skills. I'm going to no. be honest with you. He's just lovable. That's what mm-hmm. makes gets him through life. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right. Anything else in this movie as a whole here before we get into some of these Instagram questions that you wanted to touch on? I had, well, I have two questions, but my main question is this. Now that we have finished these prequels, we know that Luke and Princess Leia are born. Right. They get given to um, two different families to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Why is Princess Leia a princess? Right. What, What gave her that title? I believe the the Organas, uh, the guy there that took him and his yeah. wife. I believe they have they have a high ranking in Alderaan, oh. and so they become. Uh, so she would then become the princess as their daughter. So I guess they sort of okay. uh, the leaders of that planet. Okay, I, I assume something like that, but I mm-hmm. just thought maybe. Were you happy to, to see the, the the birth of the children and the naming of the of Luke and Leia? I mean, sure. <laughs> it kind of felt like like a, a scene that wasn't necessarily needed. Like mm-hmm. they could have just been like, "Oh, the babies are born." 
Right. I believe but, you, you did at one point make a prediction that Padme was maybe going to die in pregnancy. So Yes. So yeah, well because I feel like otherwise she would play more of a role in the movies, mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the original three. Right. So I kind of assumed she would have had to die in, in some way. Right. Yeah. Was there anything else in this movie that you wanted to touch on? The last the second thing, question you had. Yes, would be the guy who ended up taking in baby Leia. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this scene where he's trying to flee and this kid Jedi comes and tries to save him. Mm-hmm. It felt like, was it that just random? His name is Bail Organa, by the way. I have that here. Um, yes, okay. it was random. It's just, I think it's just one of the, the younglings. Like, I guess the thought would be that if they are taking out the Jedi Council area, that there still would be some fighting and defending yeah. of it. Okay. So it was just a kid who was like, I'm going to try and save this, this yeah. Jedi. Yeah, right. I think so. All right. I think so. Okay. Just a random kid. And he doesn't make it, so. I know, sad. So. So rip. Uh, do you think any any other <laughs> Jedi survived this? Good question. I would hope so. I mean, that can't be all of the young. Like they can't. They couldn't have. That can't be all of them. Mm-hmm. Obi Wan like and Yoda survived. We know that. So it wasn't like exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if everyone on everyone else on the council died. Mm-hmm. And I know that we see a good group of like the younglings get killed. Yeah. But there have to, there has to be others like that's such a small from what we see in the movie actually happened that's such a small population of of jedis I feel right. like we have that battle scene in the movie before where there's so many jedis, so the likelihood of all them being most of them being killed is I think low so all right. Uh, let's get into some of these Instagram questions here. And I did, we did launch a new uh, podcast Instagram feed. So I've been doing it on my Instagram, but I also lad, launched a new Never Seen Star Wars Instagram account. So people don't get too annoyed by my personal <laughs> account posting on things, but I'm still probably will do that. But if you haven't followed that yet, it's at Never Seen SW, as in Star Wars, at Never Seen SW. And that's where you can ask questions about any of the podcasts we have coming up. So let's dig into some of these questions. Jordan first asks, Jordan asks, is this where the fun begins? Um, um, He's quoting a yes. line from Anakin where he says, <laughs> this is where the fun begins, near the start of the movie. Uh, okay. Andrew Roberts says, this is a good question. It's something we've discussed a little bit, but we'll get into it a little bit. He says, how much did the actions of the Jedi Council play a role in delivering Anakin into Palpatine, or was there evil in him the whole time and it, it was inevitable? Great question. Um, I could go either way. I think I could easily say it was inevitable, but I also strongly believe in the power of community mm-hmm. <laughs> and think that the Jedis could have had done a way better job of um, supporting him and encouraging him. Right. Everyone is savable. And I guess in the end, uh, Padme says there's still good in him. There's still light yes. in him. And we do see at the end of Return of the Jedi that there is, in fact, some good within him. So Yes. So maybe they did just blow it. Who knows? What, what percentage would you say? was is, is it on the Jedi Council? And what percentage would you say it's on Anakin? Honestly, 70-30. 70 for the Council, oh, 30 wow. for him. Okay. Yeah. You really blew it, Mace Windu. Yeah, honestly. Like, they just discarded him. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Jillian asks, uh, do you feel like your questions have been answered? For the most part, 
Yeah, that's a very thoughtful question. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> is, is there any question that you feel like hasn't been answered or you think maybe I that think may be a little hard off the top of the head? It is hard off the top of my head. I think big picture questions have definitely been answered. The whole backstory to Luke and Leia and the Emperor and even, you know, Darth Vader in his whole turn. But there's, there's always these little questions that I have because I'm such a detailed person that I would love to know more of. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think those will ever be answered because for the most part, they're pretty insignificant to the storyline. But Right. And I think we answered this one already a little bit, but we can say again, Nicholas asked, uh, what could have changed the fate of the chosen one? And I think we sort of talked about that a little bit. Uh, you yeah. know, maybe the Jedi Council could have done a better job. Maybe Padme could have been more involved. Interestingly, he calls Anakin the chosen one. Yeah, that's true. That question. That's true. I'm just saying. That's true. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> I mean, I think that, um, I guess it's, there's probably an argument. I mean, we could post a poll of who was the chosen one, Anakin or Luke. You should, and, uh, because who, who ultimately restored the balance? It mm -hmm. wasn't Luke. Well, but did Luke turn, turn Darth Vader? Maybe it was a, a team effort. Yeah, probably was. Father, <laughs> father and son at it again. Uh, Julian asks here, did you recognize Senator, Senator Organa's ship interior? The, at the very end, did you recognize that ship, the white interior? No. Okay. It's fine. It's the same ship at the start of A New Hope. That oh. When Darth Vader boards it and finds Princess Leia. Oh, so interesting. Mm -hmm. And uh, last one here, Andrew Andrew Chong here asks, "Would you rather? Who would you rather take for lunch, Obi Wan or Anakin?" Can I pick at which point of their life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would take like um, when we first meet Anakin as a kid. Okay, you and I would try and encourage him. Okay, <laughs> where would you take him to lunch? I would let him pick wherever he yeah. wants. It's a fun a fun day out. Right. <laughs> All righty. Um, again, if you have any questions, again, at NeverSeenSW, it's uh, Instagram account. Your favorite character, who's your favorite character in this movie, Revenge of the Sith here? Oh, oh this is a hard one. Um, Did you have a, a, any characters you liked? <laughs> I feel like I've been really hard. Yoda on the characters throughout all of this. Honestly, I really like Padme in this movie. I okay. wish the whole time I wish that she played a bigger role. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, in this movie, in the beginning, the like the um, romantic story between Anakin and Padme is really good. Before you know, it all goes downhill. So I don't know. I like Padme. All right, and your least favorite character in this movie? Oh. <laughs> probably i mean probably um palpatine yeah palpatine that's fair yeah that's fair now the moment we've all been waiting for my favorite part of this podcast here the movie rankings where we rank the different movies and find out where each movie ranks what you've seen so far and where revenge of the sith falls to recap your sort of rankings that you've done so <laughs> far we have number one attack of the clones number two the Phantom Menace, number three, Return of the Jedi, number four, The Empire Strikes Back, and number five, A New Hope. Kristen, it seems like you enjoyed this movie. Now, where would you rank episode three, 
Revenge of the Sith. Okay. I have actually put a lot of thought into this, and it was a hard decision for me, but I think that Attack of the Clones is still my favorite, so I'd put this one second. Okay. Which I've been hearing from a few viewers that this is their favorite movie, the one that we just watched. And so I know I think I'm going a little bit against the grain of, A, what's expected, because I've been very predictable in all my rankings. But this is why. Based off of who I am as a, a viewer of Star Wars and my own, like, interests in these movies, this movie would, like, was very predictable. Like, there wasn't a lot of surprise in, in it. And so I found myself, like, feeling like, oh, well, I know what's going to happen. Like, and I, like, they're just trying to finish and round out the story. Whereas mm-hmm. I felt like Attack of the Clones, like, had so much buildup and so much detail. And when I watched that movie, I found myself so lost in it because I was just so engaged with it. And so based off of, like, my experience viewing the movies, I think that Attack of the Clones stays in number one. Okay. And Revenge of the Sith falls at number two? Yeah, I would say so. Who are you talking to that that was saying that Revenge of the Sith (laughs) is their favorite movie? Jeff Wright. Okay. (laughs) Again, I'm trying to stay as as giving no opinions as well. I want you to have clear, you know, non-unbiased opinions as someone watching it for the first time in 2020. And so you have, just to recap, Attack the Clones at one, Revenge of the Sith two, Phantom Menace 3, Return of the Jedi 4, Empire Strikes Back 5, and A New Hope 6. Now, yeah. let me ask you, Kristen, here. We've now finished the prequel tri- trilogy. Um, so between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, how would you compare the two as a whole, as a three-movie set? Right. They're so uncomparable, <laughs> basically. Like, it's, it's so difficult to take uh, the original trilogy – with like their when they were made and you know the quality of their special effects and whatever and compare it to the prequel also it's hard to take an original trilogy that everyone loves and then try and like create the backstory like there's i can see like a lot of conflict in it so they're hard to compare personally i I just like prefer a more modern movie and it just helps me engage with the storyline. And so between the two, like I enjoyed watching the prequels more. Um, And because I didn't grow up in the star Wars world, like I'm not super attached to like things having to be a certain way in the star Wars world. So I have no problem with the prequels and like this coming up with how everything ended up happening. Um, but they're, I mean, I don't feel like it's fair to even like compare them. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me ask you one more time so I can get a nice sound bite from this and you can give it to me in a full, full sentence. But would you <laughs> say that the prequel trilogy is a better set of movies than the original trilogy? Oh, that's so hard. Yes, I think that the prequels are better movies. Thank you. <laughs> i gotta clip that one um so let's we're gonna talk about in a sec we're gonna get into what's next but one of the things that we're doing here and that we just announced on this uh 
podcast network here, the Never Seen Star Wars Network, is that me and Jordan and a rotating guest host are going to be covering weekly podcasts of The Mandalorian Season 2 on Disney+. And we're really excited. It starts on October 30th. And every Friday night, we're going to be recording a new podcast and get ready for The Mandalorian Season 2. Kristen, I know you haven't seen it, but we maybe get there one day. And so, again, <laughs> we're excited. That may That may put... You know, we'll see how I rewatch getting into the sequel trilogy goes. That may push that back a bit. We may find a way to do both at the same time. It kind of depends on schedules. But we're really excited to be covering The Mandalorian Season 2. It's, some, it's a Star Wars that, not, that I haven't seen. And so I'm excited to cover uh, Star Wars that I haven't seen and get our uh, initial reactions to each episode and see how it goes. Now, Kristen, I have been rewatching The Mandalorian season one to prep myself for season two. And uh, it's quite good. And it could be something down the road, maybe maybe in 2021 that we, that we dig into on this. Who knows? Would that be something that interests you ever? Yeah. I mean, I want to know what all the memes are about. So Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's kind of fun. It's fun to see that. And this talk about you. I know you like the more modern modern yeah. shows so this was one that was just brought out last year and now season two is coming out coming out in two weeks and so us That's in the exciting. star wars galaxy we're very excited now we finished the original trilogy and now we finish the prequel trilogy Kristen, are you ready for the sequel trilogy i really am i am i'm excited i one, well, here's my question. When were they filmed? When was the first one in the right. sequel filmed? So the first one, the, the title, do you know what the name of this movie is? Not at all. The Force Awakens was oh. filmed. This was in like a movie theater when I was alive, I think. <laughs> yeah, it was filmed and put out in 2015. Okay. 2015. I remember the buzzes. Like everyone was buzzing about this mm-hmm. movie, so... And so this one is set 30 years after Revenge, sorry, 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. 30 years after, because Return of the Jedi was about, came out in about 1985 or so. And this came out in about 2015. So 30 years later. So what do you think could be going on 30 years after uh, the Death Star was destroyed for a second time? Yes. Well, The Force Awakens. The Force will awaken. Wow. And Bold. maybe <laughs> maybe there's this renewal of the Jedi Council. Maybe, you know, some, something, something big is going to happen with mm-hmm. the Force. Now, we do get the big three returning to this movie. Okay. 30 years later, after, they, after we last saw them. Yep. So what do you think that... Han, Leia, and Luke have been up to for the past 30 years. Hmm. Luke is probably some big shot Jedi now uh, who is probably doing lots of Jedi-ish things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leia and Hans maybe have a few kiddos. Okay. And living a life somewhere. And Hans is, you know... Out of all the the dirty business that he used to be in with trading and whatever he used to do, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so hard to guess. There's like not a lot of like it could be anything, right? It could be. You're right. Like thirty years later. Yeah, it's a long time. 
it's a whole new storyline, right? Yeah. So this is exciting. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope Hans and Leia are still together. Mm-hmm. Why do you, do you think? Do you think there's a chance that they wouldn't be? I mean, they could do anything. Mm-hmm. So maybe. But what you know. know about Han and Leia? What you know about Han and Leia? Where do you see their future is now? What you remember? I know, I know it's been a while since we watched those movies. Oh, give me a hint. What do you I'm think? Of? I mean, I know exactly what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think they were pretty in love with each other. Mm-hmm. So I would I would be very shocked if they in the in the sequels they weren't together. But mm-hmm. I feel like you're alluding to something, and I can't pick up. No, I mean I'm just I'm just responding to what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope the brother and sister team continues strong. Right. <laughs> it's honestly such a shot in the dark. Whereas when we watched the original three, like you kind of knew what the you knew where it was going. Yeah, yeah, are going to address. So with the sequels, it's just like a total blank canvas. Right. So, uh, do you think Chewbacca is still kicking around? He has to. I feel like he has a main role in the Disneyland theme park, so he has to be in the modern movies. <laughs> You know? Yes. Now let me let's do a little little name recognition here and see what you are aware of as far as some oh, of these no. characters, things, places in the new sequel trilogy. And okay. let's see let's see what because we, we talked about you knew when we go into the went into the original trilogy, you've you heard of Darth Vader, obviously. And yeah. you heard of you heard of some things here and there, but not a ton. But I think especially because you heard the buzz, this wasn't that long ago. You might have seen things in movies and TV shows, people talking about it. You might recognize the names or the places that I'm saying here. So again, I'm just going to say here, you tell me either what you know, or just you can take a guess if you don't know anything. That's fine. It's okay. all fun. It's all for fun. <laughs> so let's start off here with Ray. Oh, no idea. Ray? Ray. 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 A person? I'm going to say a person. Okay. Ray, <laughs> Ray is a person. Okay. I'm a no. I'm I'm repeating. I know. Res- I know. To what you're <laughs> it's kind of like what Anakin said. I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. So little Annie was just the light of my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Finn. Oh, an animal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what kind of animal? Like a uh, the um, the Canucks. A whale. <laughs> Canucks mascot. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're maybe right. a a bigger out of out of water fish. Okay. Poe. What the heck? A person. Okay. The first order. Ah, Jedi's. Okay, the first order of Jedi's. Yes. Jedi, I guess Jedi is can be used as a plural. Maybe the first order is. Um, going back to like the old school Jedi who are still around, but are there any Obi Wan? Is Obi Wan still? Wait, did Obi Wan? <laughs> no, Obi Wan is long gone. So then, I guess maybe we get to see some of the other Jedi's come back together. Okay, a few more. BB Eight. Okay. Oh, it has to be a robot. Okay. Do you think you'll like BB Eight? This is funny. I know BB-8 okay. is a robot because you created a t-shirt that had BB-8 on it. You're right. <laughs> you're right, I did. So you're aware of BB-8 in the pop yeah. culture. Do you think you'll yeah. like BB-8? I, I, if it's anything, if it's 
oh, what if BB-8 is like a, a um a bad robot? Are yeah. there bad robots? Yeah, of course. Oh, then no, I probably won't. Okay. Unless R2-D2 and BB-8 get into some like little quarrel and it's like kind of cute. Okay. The resistance. That has to be the enemy. Okay. Resistance is the enemy. Yeah. Jakku. Oh, a, per- a person. Okay, a person, Jack. Here, a lot of people in this I don't movie. A bad person. A lot of people in this movie. Okay, I don't know. Okay, two more. Kylo Ren. That's a person. Okay. Kylo Ren, Ren. That's a name we know. Is it? Is it? I don't know. I'm asking you. I, I think it's a name we know. Is it? Maybe from, not. From where? I don't know the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know the name because Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren sounds like maybe um, Hans and Leia, Leia's kid. That's interesting. Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be so off. Okay. Right. And the last one here, <laughs> Snoke. 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 That's quite the name. Um, okay, either. It's kind of giving me Jabba the Hutt vibes. Okay. So maybe another seedy character. Yeah. Or like intense character. I don't know. That's a pretty intense name. Right. But you wouldn't name your kid Snoke? I don't think so. I'm sorry if anyone has. I, um, <laughs> I don't think anyone quite, has. It's quite the fate to give your child. <laughs> right, right. All right. And that's that'll kind of, that's kind of the main, main things, name names that you'll recognize in episode seven. Wow, the lots Force of new characters. Awakens, yes. As we will get a new journey and see what's going on 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Are you how are you feeling heading into the fact that now you've seen you you know, a couple months ago you seen zero Star Wars movies. Now you've yeah. seen six. We're heading into the new trilogy. How are you feeling heading into this? I'm excited. I I do think this new trilogy, like I said, is a little different in that there's no background for it. So I'm kind of excited to see what comes of some of these beloved characters and what's been imagined for them. So, and I mean, like I said, I'm totally someone who's a sucker for more modern movies. And so I just think they're going to get better and better and um, I'm excited for them. Awesome. Well, that's it here for us today on Never Seen Star Wars. Again, you can always ask us questions. The email is in the show notes, or you can message us at Never Seen SW on Instagram. And we'll be back with Mandalorian Season 2 coverage and Kristen's first watch of Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. Thanks a lot, everybody, and see you later.